0: Another former prominent Christian leader steps away from his faith. Find out how we can respond to the Josh Harris's renunciation of Christianity on this edition of the Bellator Christy Podcast. Crucified, crucified, the new man's gonna make it, but the old man's gotta die. Listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas, this is the Bellator Christie Podcast, and this is your host, uh, for the time we have together, yours truly, Brian Chilton. I want to remind you that uh, coming up very soon, uh, we will have the uh, publication of my first book, uh, which is called uh, The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. Um, I am uh, going to uh, be sending uh, the book to uh, uh, Wiffenstock Publishers coming up here in the 1st of September actually the book is finished the book is complete the only thing I'm waiting on right now is uh, I have a couple of gentlemen who have agreed to uh, write a um, forward and a preface uh, for me and uh, for the book and so waiting on them uh, and, soon, and soon as soon as I uh, get their their information and send it in and uh, attach it to the files we'll send it over to to uh, the publishers and, and looking forward to uh, the process of that and to see how God hopefully will use this book to transform many people's lives and and as I've mentioned uh, before the the um, you know I, one of the things I'm looking to do is I hope to help bring up another generation, or to bring up a generation of Christian defenders. And with that being said, if you live around the Mount Airy, North Carolina area, which is in northwestern uh, North Carolina, uh, we will be offering uh, through the Surrey Baptist Association, um, the seminary extension, we're going to offer a class on a Christian Apologetics is called TH thirty four oh two, defending the Christian faith. This will be a, this will begin at um, September twenty fourth, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. If you would like to join us for a ten week course. Uh, be sure to contact the Surrey Baptist Association in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and we'll get you set up. And so uh, it looks like it's going to begin, if nothing changes, September 24th. Uh, and uh, we're going to be having, again, it's going to be a 10 week course. It'll be through the Seminary Extension Program associated with the Southern Baptist Convention. And this also, this class will also uh, hold with it a college credit from what we've been, from what I've been told, from what. Dr. Merritt and I have been told. So um, if if you're in the area, we'd love to have you. Once again, um, that's called TH3402, Defending the Christian Faith, and that'll be offered through the Seminary Extension Program. It was actually uh, preparing for this course uh, that the book came out of it. uh, The book came out of the material Uh, or actually came from, uh, is based upon the material that we used to prepare the book. Now, if you go in the class, just understand, uh, the book is going to be about 100 pages longer than the the material in the class. So uh, the book is going to offer a lot further, a lot deeper detail. Uh, when it becomes out when it's published, so uh just so you that you're aware of that but uh if you are again, if you're in the mountain area North Carolina area and you'd like to join us, we do encourage you to come and join us for that and uh looking forward uh to getting this started, I think this is going to be a good course, and hopefully it will be a uh um, wonderful Wonderful experience for a training for those who come out and join us, and once again that'll be in Mount Airy, North Carolina, beginning September 24th at the Surrey Baptist Associational Office. Uh, tonight was a wonderful night. I'm actually recording this uh, late on a Thursday evening. Uh, if you hear a rumble of thunder in the background, we've had some storms in the area. Uh, but tonight I had a, an opportunity to meet my, uh, uh, my uncle, uh, who, is, who lives in uh, New Hampshire, around uh the Nashua, New Hampshire area. Nashua, New Hampshire is actually a suburb of the greater Boston, Massachusetts area in uh in the northeastern section of the United States. And just a wonderful time meeting him and and um, his his wife Kathy, my aunt, she passed away a few years back and so of course we miss seeing her. And uh, but no, she was a Christian lady and as uh, Daryl is a Christian man that you know uh uh, we'll one day see Kathy again, and looking forward to that. Uh, but this was a wonderful get-together. It was a wonderful meeting. But one thing it did is it reminded me of, of how short life truly is and, and how quickly time passes by. It uh, uh, made me think about uh, the years back in the 80s when Daryl and his family were uh, from up north would come down and we would have a wonderful time at my grandma and grandpa's house and uh um we'd be outside playing football playing you know baseball and 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 throwing frisbee just having a wonderful wonderful time and unfortunately i don't think that many people you know I, i was blessed to be a part of a generation where um as one, as a one person uh, who is about the same age, my eye doctor, who's about the same age as I am, he said we grew up in a culture where, um, in a time where we know how to use technology, but we're not dependent upon it, and I really like that, and and just a blessing of being able to go out and enjoy the company of of, of your family and friends, and and. um just being able to join one another's company. I mean we didn't have smartphones back then. yeah I don't really know that we had cell phones then um, but it seems like life was a sim- lot simpler then and, and in many ways um, I guess you could say more peaceful. you know people they've always been good and bad in, in society no matter what age but but it seems like something's been lost. That we once had, and by my as my mind was was going uh, over these things this afternoon. It also reminded me how, again, as I mentioned before, I think I already said this: life is very short. You know, here my uncle is; he's in the seventies, and and I'm in my forties. And just just thinking, you know, my son he <laughs> he he's ten, and just just thinking how fast time has gone. I mean, I, start, I, start, I thought about my aunt's passing and. And I thought it was just a few years ago, and come to find out it was, you know, about eight or nine years ago. And, you know, and as I think about this world and as I think about our culture, I think about our churches, I think about Christians in general, life in general, people in general, especially as I look at the political environment. That we're around and how everyone is so divided in a nation. It just reminds me that grace and forgiveness are not just a spiritual demand. We're not just ordered to to, to love others and, and to forgive others as Christ has forgiven us, but it's also a beneficial way of living. It helps us to focus on the things that really matter. The reality is is that bitterness and spite bring nothing but unneeded stress and hardships so as I, as I think about uh, the meeting my uncle this afternoon and thinking back about the time great times that we've had together, I remember him coming over and we <laughs> used to he, we used to arm wrestle and, and a lot of times he would let me win and I was thinking I was really doing something, and then he would really put on the the full force. <laughs> His strength and <laughs> what, what good I thought was being done was, was quickly shown to be Nothing more than grace on his part <laughs> But it just reminds me again How life is short And, and we need to Yes, we, we have as Christians A, a mission And yes, we, we are called to Do great things for Christ And reach other people But don't forget about The simple simple things of life this journey is short. Don't forget to enjoy it a little along the way. Again, bitterness and spite, hate, these things do nothing for the Christian. And really should have no part in our lives. And it's also with that that I that I think about uh, uh Joshua Harris, who seems to be a really nice guy. Let me just let me say that. And and this this podcast is by no means um, attacking him. It's by no means uh, uh, of badmouthing him in the least. But Josh Harris uh, was the former, is a former, was a former pastor. Is the former pastor of Covenant Life Church in Gaithersburg, Maryland. He is perhaps best known for his best-selling book in 1997 entitled I Kissed Dating Goodbye, a book that he has recently recanted, and uh, but, but it's, it's sold many copies. But on Instagram, uh, Josh Harris has recently announced that, uh, um, that he not only stepped away from his church, not only is he stepping away from his pastorate, he and his wife uh, have divorced, separated, and all of those things are bad, you know, all of those things are, are bad, but perhaps one of the worst things of all is that he has renounced his faith, and so I, I want to let Josh speak for himself, and, and I'm going to read a post that he that he uh, has on, or he posted, he published on Instagram, and, and he says these words, he says, my heart is full of gratitude. I wish you could see all the messages people sent me after the announcement of my divorce. They are expressions of love, though they are saddened or even strongly dis, uh, disapprove of the decision. I am learning that no group has the market cornered on grace. This week I received grace from Christians, atheists, evangelicals, ex-evangelicals, straight people, LGBTQ people, and everyone in between. Of course there have also been strong words of rebuke from religious people while they're not always pleasant I know they are seeking to love me they have also been spiteful hateful comments or there have also been spiteful hateful comments that have angered and hurt me the information that was left out of our announcement is that I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. In other words, he is saying that he has lost his faith. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian, he says. Many people will tell me that there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. Martin Luther said that the entire life of believers should be repentance. There's beauty in that sentiment, regardless of your view of God. I've lived in repentance for the past several years, repenting for my self-righteousness, my fear-based approach to the life, the teaching of my books, my views on women in the church, and my approach to parenting to name a few. but I especially want to spe- specifically want to address or add to this now to the LGBTQ+ community. I want to say that I am sorry for the views I taught in my books and and as as, and as a pastor regarding sexuality. I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church and for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. I hope you can forgive me. To my Christian friends, I am grateful for your prayers. Don't take it personally if I don't immediately return calls. I can't join in your morning. I don't view this moment negatively. I feel very much alive and, and and awake and surprisingly hopeful. I believe with my sister Julian that all shall be well and all manner of thing shall be well. End of quote. I uh, I have a lot of sympathy for, for Josh. Harris, because, I don't know, I'm assuming that his divorce maybe led this, led him to this, or maybe there was a problem in the church. Maybe he's had a shift in his political alignment. That obviously seems clear. There are many questions as to why he rejected his faith, and I don't know that he necessarily gives a clear answer, and not that he has to or must, uh, every, every person has I believe in, in my theology, every person is responsible for his or her own actions and his or her own beliefs. Uh, I believe that a person you know as you can tell in this podcast, I am not a Calvinist. I believe that people respond or respond to the grace of God either by um, embracing the grace of God or by rebelling against the grace of God. Um, that's one of the areas that I'm most fervently opposed to traditional Calvinism is, is the aspect of responsiveness. I do believe that we respond to the grace of God, and I don't think that means that we save ourselves. I think God extends the grace; He is the first mover. We just respond in kind to the first moving of God, if that makes sense. So I don't know the I don't know if he's experienced hurt. I don't know if, 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 if the issues in his personal life have, have led him to this. I'm not exactly sure what happened. But one thing I do know is that we as Christians do not need to, as his post says, issue spiteful comments. I mean, what do we think we're doing when we, when we do this? Do we think that we're painting Christianity in a positive light by blasting someone who is hurting by blasting someone who is in pain and who obviously has experienced something traumatic that has led him to question his faith in Jesus? Do we think by bashing him that we are going to redeem him? Well, we can redeem no one anyhow because Christ is the one who redeems us through the influence of of the Holy Spirit according to the plan of the Father. But having said all that, this, this seems to be a going trend of, of pastors who have been hurt. And let me just say this. If you're thinking about going into the pastoral ministry, understand this. It's not going to be easy. Pastoring today in 2019 is far more difficult than it has ever been in my near 20 plus years of, or 20 years of ministry. A little less than 20 years, probably about 18, I would say, altogether, but close to 20 years. In my close to 20 years of ministry, this period of time is the most difficult to minister to people. And I think there are many reasons for that. I, th- I think one of the issues that I'm going to talk about here in just a few moments it has to do with politics. Politics has divided this nation. It's divided the world, quite frankly. And I would like to say that I, I see a solution to that or, or an end to that, but I don't think I see a, an end coming to that. I think it's only going to get worse as time goes on, to be honest. So the, the real meat and potatoes of this podcast is, is how do we keep people Who've been hurt in church? And let me just say, I've been hurt numerous times in church. And, you know, and, and quite honestly, you know, <laughs> I'm getting tired. I'm getting worn down in ministry, because of conflicts, because of issues that continue to happen. I mean, and I'm not talking about. I'm, I'm certainly not talking about Westfield where I serve Or, or any other churches where I serve But it's, it's just the ongoing hurt that you experience The ongoing pain that you feel from other people It wears you out Because in pastoral ministry You don't only deal with your personal problems You, you deal with others as well So I understand Sometimes I think pastors need a sabbatical Okay, Well, good And sometimes I think a lot of these issues might be resolved if a person did take a sabbatical of some kind. But I think there are four ways, if if we're hurt, if we're experiencing issues in life, four ways that we can keep our faith. Because I want to say this, despite the hurts that I have experienced, despite the pain and despite the, the weariness of, that comes with ministry i have to say that my faith in christ is as strong now as it was when god when god rejuvenated me in faith and many people will say well now how is that possible no matter if i quit pastoral ministry tomorrow my faith in christ is going to remain now, I'm not saying I'm going to quit pastoral ministry tomorrow. Don't take that the wrong way. But I'm just saying if I were to do that tomorrow, my faith in Christ would remain. Now, why is that? Because of four things I think we must do to keep individuals, if whoever's in ministry, and maybe you're working in a church, and maybe you're bogged down, and maybe you're tired, and maybe you're weary, and maybe you've been involved in a lot of different issues Understand, don't reject your faith just because you've been hurt by fellow believers. We've got to separate these things, and I think this—I think—to keep our faith when we've been hurt, there are four things that we need to discuss. And I'm going to mention some more issue, more of these issues, in in the book when it comes out in Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. Um, but but these are these are things not in the book. There's some other issues in the book that I deal with. But four things that came to me in response to Josh Harris's renunciation of his faith. Number one, believers need to separate Christian facts from Christian fellowship. A lot of times we associate the fellowship we have with fellow believers with the truth of Christianity. And quite honestly, that's a very shallow form of belief system. In other words, whenever our faith is going well and we, our fellowship with other believers is, is going well, then we have a strong faith. But if we get hurt in a church or something bad is said about us or something bad is done to us, then a lot of times we not only leave the church, but we also leave Christ in our Christian faith. And I really think, quite frankly, that is a tragic mistake that that has that has come by by integrating Christian fellowship with fellow believers with the fellowship we have with God. At the end of the day, if you believe that Jesus literally rose from the dead, if there's evidence to sufficiently say that he literally did defeat death and the grave on the first Easter Sunday, then that is still true, no matter whether the church is able or a church is able to maintain. Now, I believe there's always going to be a remnant up until the Lord comes, and I even think that during the time of tribulation, there's going to be a remnant of believers that will be that will exist during that time. All the way up until the time of the final judgment. I think there will be a remnant. But believers but we need to understand that the truths of Christianity are not Based upon our opinions They're not based upon our whimsies and fancies They are based upon the bedrock of historical fact If you are hurt in church, find another church Sometimes maybe you need to find another denomination If the denomination you're in is, 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 is falling apart at the seams You can always find another church, but you're not going to find another Christ. Okay? Now, there is the church. And understand this. Here's another important aspect we need to understand. And this comes by having a good, solid basis in Christian theology. We come to realize that we are all broken people. That the church is not a place of perfect people. A church is more like a hospital. A place with hurting people who have been saved by the grace of God, but they still bear the imprint of that sinful nature. God is working on them, absolutely, but they're still bearing the imprint of that sinful nature. This is why Christian theology is so important. This is why Christian apologetics is very important. Christian apologetics is a, 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 a subset of Christian theology, and a greater Christian theology. This is why theology matters, Part of the reason why people have become so shallow in their faith, and I'm not saying this of Josh Harris, because, again, I don't know what what led Harris. I have some ideas. But I don't know what eventually was the straw that broke the camel's back in the case of, of Josh Harris. I don't know. And I pray for him. And we all need to pray for him and love him. But the reality is, is a lot of times we have this shallow form of theology where we think that if we have been hurt... Well, then I'm going to take my marbles and go home, and I'm not going to love Christ anymore because I've been hurt. Do we for, did we forget that Jesus, while being crucified on a cross, said to the Father concerning the men who were crucifying him, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, he also says, greater love has no one than this, than one lays down his life for his friends. Jesus was betrayed. (laughs) No one was there except for a very handful of a few people. Simon Peter went and ran and hid. He ran and hid and denied three times that he even knew Jesus. But yet Jesus restored him in his faith and loved him. We need to separate Christian facts from Christian fellowship. Secondly, believers need to separate Christian morality from political engagement. Okay, and what I mean here is that I think that politics, instead of our religion morphing our politics, our politics has a way of morphing our religious beliefs and that's a dangerous precedent yes i have i have certain political views i have certain ideas but let me just say this i try to love everyone no matter what they are or who they claim to be or where they are it is our responsibility as Christians to love God and love others. And that includes people who may think differently than you. That includes people who may live differently than you. That includes people who may look differently than you. You're still called to love them. You may not like their ways. You may not agree with them. And yeah, we need, we need to speak the truth, but speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. how quickly we are to forget that truth speak the truth and love me love, love needs to be the basis by which we bring forth truth so instead of instead of allowing us that was Ephesians 4:15 by the way the Bible says here, speak, let me just read the passage of Scripture. Instead, of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. Speaking the truth with love. Yes, speaking the truth is important. That's why this podcast exists. That's why the ministry of Bellator Christ exists. But it must be done in love. Politics cannot... should not direct our thinking. Rather, our theology should be the basis upon which our political beliefs are built. Number three, believers need to separate Christian love from Christian legalism. As I mentioned already, we are called to love everyone. And, And I'm so amazed and I'm really disappointed even among those in the conservative forms of christianity where where we focus so much on judging people and then we talk about you know we you know judge not doesn't mean that we can't discern. Of course that's true. But at the same time Paul also states in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 of these things we have faith hope and love and the greatest of these things is love. Jesus again says By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And are we as a church truly loving others as we should? You see, it's easy for us to get caught up on all the rules and regulations. It's easy for us to get caught up on that. But how quickly we are to forget that the two greatest commandments of all is, or are, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, that being the first great commandment, and to love others as we love ourselves. Unfortunately, it is so easy for us to become legalistic in our theological pursuits that we forget that it was grace that saved us. Not the law, but the grace of God. Fourthly and finally, believers need to separate divine transcendence from regional traditionalism. And, and this is this is what really surprises me about, in the, you know, about, you know, and of course, I can't say a lot because I did the same thing. I drifted away from my faith for seven years, or close to it, five I think maybe, five to seven years, somewhere along that area. I think it was 2000, 2005-ish, so it may be somewhere along that area. Five to seven years. But one of the things that we often forget is the fact that God is not defined by our tr- regional traditionalism. Because if you... you know, I, I, I was talking with a guy in our church. He, he, he doesn't come from the South. He comes from the upper Midwest. And he, he was talking about how in the churches that he attended in the Midwest, that they didn't have you know, local revivals as we do down here in the southeastern United States. And I, and I started thinking about that. It's amazing how much we allow our own regional traditions to dictate the way we view theology and the way we view God. But do we ever just relish in, in the divine transcendence of God? The fact that He is greater than everything that exists. I honestly don't see how we can enjoy nature. I honestly don't see... I mean, because Josh has a beautiful picture. It looks like it, uh, it's somewhere in, in in the northwestern section of, of, of the United States. A beautiful, beautiful picture. But how can we truly appreciate the beauty of the creation if we don't enjoy the splendor of the Creator? Believers need to understand or they need to separate divine transcendence from regional traditionalism. And I believe that we need to be in church. I need to be, believe we need to be associated with a local church, the body of believers. but understand this God is not defined but by our silly traditions. He's much bigger. He's much better and he's far grander than we could ever imagine. So, quite honestly, whether I'm a pastor or not, I'll still keep having this ministry. Why? Because I believe in the cause of Christian apologetics and Christian theology. And even if I were to walk away once again from the pastorate tomorrow, and, and let me just say this, I do believe that that there are there are seasons in ministry. And I've heard Tom Rainer talk about this that, that it may be that that. Um, that God may call someone to be a pastor for a while And I'm not talking here about myself I'm just talking in generalities you know, it, it may be that if that if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you're burnt out by ministry, you don't have to reject your faith. Maybe you need to step away from ministry for a while. Maybe God is going to give you a sabbatical, or maybe He's calling you to a different ministry. But that doesn't mean you have to reject your faith because the pastorate hasn't gone the way you hoped it would. Or, or maybe even if your marriage is falling apart, there's no reason to deny the faith in the, in the Creator and in, in the that the Savior who loves us with an eternal love. Why would we do this? Because we have associated Christianity with emotionalism. And not with the cold hard facts that God exists. And that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that He rose from the grave on that third day. Now yes, my return to ministry, my return to faith also involved... A group of wonderful individuals from a different denomination. Individuals who loved me and you know, really truly loved me for who I am. And oh, how we could get that in every church. This is a small, tiny church. How we could get that in... We so desperately need to get that in more churches. But the hurt we experience in life should not devalue the faith we have in God. Because if we do that, what hope do we have? Quite honestly, we have none. I also read on social media today that um, the suicide rate among young adults has risen sharply, the highest it's been in some 20 years According to Newsweek, just today it was released that suicide rates have, among young people in the U.S. have hit their highest levels in almost two decades, the study revealed. In 2017, a total of 6,241 people aged between 15 and 24 ended their lives, according to a study published in the journal uh, JAMA. Of those, 5,016 were male and 1,225 were female. That year, the suicide rate for teenagers aged 15 to 19 uh, was 11.8%, uh, 100,000 versus 8 in, per 1,000 in, uh, in 2000. Figures on those aged between 20 and 24 showed rates that had gone up from 12.5 per one, per 100,000 in 2000 to 17 per 100,000 in 2007 or 2017. The research is the latest to shine a light on the state of mental health among young Americans. A study published that last year in the, in the American Academy of Pediatrics revealed that the rate of children and teens contemplating suicide rose between 2008 and 2015. And an editorial published in the journal The Lancet in 2018 described the rate of suicide in the U.S. among all age groups as a public health Emergency. Now, can I just say this? I don't think, I don't think for a moment that. Uh, uh, well, let me let me say this. I do think. Let me let me rephrase this. I do think that there is a correlation between the rise of a loss of faith and a rise in suicides. the The rise of the nuns. And a rise of suicides. Why? Because if, listen, for all the problems we have in the church, for all the problems we have, the thing is that Christianity provides us hope that no other worldview can. And so as we have more and more people who are living lives with no hope, instead of turning to God, they're taking their lives. So again, we need to separate Christian theology about who God is, about who Christ is, what He's done from the hurts that we experience in life. Friends, our faith is one of the most important things in life because our faith provides us hope. It grounds us. It lets us know what true love is all about. And it gives us a mission, a purpose in this life and in the life to come. So friends, if you are contemplating rejecting your faith, please don't go back to the essentials Go back and learn apologetics. Be sure to pick up the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics when it comes out. And look through it. Look through right now Josh and Sean McDowell's book, Evidence Demands a Verdict. And there are many, many other books out there, wonderful books out there that you can purchase, that you can examine, and that will be a blessing for you. There is information out there. Take the time to study the truths that really matter. And I think that all of us will do well spend less attention on politics and more attention on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day no politician can save us. Only Jesus can. Well this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the a Christian Podcast. May God richly bless you and we'll see you back the next time at step into. the year. listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast brought to you by bellatorchristi.com The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christi Ministries or its affiliates The Bellator Christie Podcast and bellatorchristi.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright all rights reserved The opening theme is the song Crucified written by John and Michaela Limanis performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment Are you interested in apologetics, but don't have the time and resources to go to seminary or Bible college? Do you often feel that apologetic materials are academic, weighty, and difficult to comprehend? If that describes you, then the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics, Bridging the Ivory Tower to the Everyday Christian, is for you. My driving force in writing this first book of mine is both a passion for apologetics and compassion for the laity of the church. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics engages a broad swath of apologetic material, but does so in a way that everyone can relate by the inclusion of personal stories, anecdotes, and down-home humor. So whether you desire training in apologetics or whether you want a one-stop resource, be sure to pick up your copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics Stay tuned for further information concerning the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics by logging on to bellatorchristi.com or by listening to the Bellator Christi Podcast. We'll have more information as it becomes available. Stay tuned for the release of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics coming to bookstores everywhere very soon. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christian Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not, send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristy.com and the Bellator Christy Podcast.